Joppa Smith said Firefly was when things really came together. But how does it hold up today? Find out on Ars Sinclair, episode 83. Hi everybody, welcome to Iris and Claire. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Firefly. Ooh, I love that show. Yeah, unfortunately not based on the show. Uh, Aaron, before we start, we need to give shout-outs to Clive's Club, the group that picks these games for us. Big props to Richard Goulston, Paul Harrington, McChessers, Jed Byrne, Justin Tinpot Gamer, Orkmeal, and Paul, a.k.a. Hermski. Thanks, fellas. Aaron, today is a special day, a very special day. Oh, yeah? The the spe- it's the year that the Spectrum becomes a man. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The Spectrum turns 40 today. Oh, man. Aaron. That's the year I became a man, too. That's that what ironic? I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. So, Aaron, 40 years ago today, 1982, what what was your knowledge of the Spectrum in 1982? Not much. I, don't, I didn't know much about nothing. I'd say in 82, I would have been 11 years old, boat. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I didn't know anything more than, uh, let's say, the... Uh, in fact, I didn't even know about the Coco in 82. Really? So, yeah, I didn't have any, any knowledge of the... In fact, I'm trying to think of the first time we heard of the ZX. I guess I would have heard of it on boxes, the backs of some American games that would have a ZX release, you mm-hmm. know. But I had no idea what it was really until we started doing this show. I mean, I just had a... I, that's not true. I listened to a Retro Asylum mentioned it, and I was like, what is this wacky thing? But we never really played anything until we started doing this show. Yeah. There have been tons of videos, lots of presentations go on. Uh, there was a BBC thing, I guess, on BBC This Morning or something like that. Good Morning Limey. I don't know what they call their, their morning show over there. I doubt it's that. But uh, they they did a thing on the BBC, the 40th anniversary. Of course, our pal 005 Agama uh, did a, a, a special video. Uh, I guess Sir Clive's son uh, was speaking at a live streaming event earlier today at the National Museum of Computing. It's a shame that Sir Clive himself couldn't quite make it to the anniversary. Yeah, yeah, just he just, away just, just recently. It, yeah, yeah. Uh, but of course, uh, lots of people talking about it on our uh, on our Discord on the Arson Clear channel. Uh, happy birthday uh, the, to uh, to the, our our little buddy is what I like to think about the old rubber keyed forty eight Spectrum. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll just to, if I may pontificate on the Spectrum for a moment. You know, again, not, having not known much about this before we really got into doing the show. Uh, man, this is one of those great finds mm-hmm. you get because the Spectrum has this bottomless uh, uh, barrel of fun and it's just always something to be pulled out of. I mean, we've done these shows for a while now, but, you know, between this and doing streams, just playing on our own time, I found so many fun games and a lot of stuff you don't normally expect to see a game made out of. Or things are just wacky, and sometimes uh, even the really bad games are sort of fun, or just stupid enough to amuse you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just—it's a lot of fun. It's the computer. What it reminds me of, you know, you had your Atari twenty-six hundred, right? This reminds me of sort of the computer version of that. The Atari had this endless array of wacky games. Some good, some bad. Some people just did basic games on it. Some people really rang out every drop of what it could accomplish. The ZX is very similar. You know, I agree with you. The advantage that the Spectrum had was, one, the software was incredibly inexpensive. Yeah. You know, because it was produced on cassettes. And two, 
it had a usable keyboard. Yes. And so people could play the games and then turn around and make the games. And that was something that the, the 2600 didn't have. Yeah, you've got to give uh, the crew, the Sinclair people credit when they put this thing out because they, they knew what they wanted, a cheap, super-duper cheap machine that they could sell to everyone. And that's what made this thing a star. Because everyone could program on it. Everyone could use it. Everyone could play with it. Everyone could load the tapes for it. So you've got everyone on board. And when you've got everyone on board, everyone uh, pulling together, you get a lot of action. That's, That's what right. they got. That's right. And I want to give a special shout out to our Discord member, Will Brooker, who has compiled all of the media mentions of the 40th anniversary of the ZX Spectrum and posted a wow. handy sheet of links on our Discord. So if you're a member of our uh, Amigos Retro Gaming Discord, which you can be if you support our Sinclair on Patreon, you can uh, you can read through all of these at your leisure. Yeah. So uh, good work, uh, Will, and thank you very much for doing that. Thank Aaron, you I can think of no better way to celebrate the 40th birthday of the Spectrum than to talk about this week's game, Firefly. Yes, sir. I agree with you on that one. So now, Bo, this is—I ask you this almost every week. But is this one you'd heard of before we never on it this week? Never. I thought that this was a game. I knew it wasn't based on the show, but I figured that it was going to be some sort of a shoot 'em up type game, just sure. by the name. So uh, this uh, released uh, well into the game, Bo, 1988 mm. on this. That's yeah. way into the game. Uh, and published by Ocean, created by uh, Jonathan M. Smith, Joffa Smith, mm -hmm. as you mentioned in your open. Uh, boy, Joffa's done about a million things every he, year. I'd say that he is sort of the, uh, he is, if, if the, the ZX Spectrum has a saint other than Clive Sinclair, the patron <laughs> saint of the ZX Spectrum is Joffa Smith. Uh, just, a, we've a couple, we covered a couple of his games, including Daily Thompson. Uh, we looked at, I think we did Batman. Uh, he's done a bunch of stuff, uh, tons and tons of games. Uh, and uh, this is a, this I, I read that he thought this was his top game. Yeah, yeah. He so, said that this was really where he thought everything came together right. Yeah. Uh, the uh, loading screen this was done by Karen Davies. I looked up some of Karen's work, uh, and uh, amongst the things were incoming forces, uh, Revolution X, Striker ninety five, Hudson Hawk, uh, Robocop two. So a lot of stuff there. Uh, and the audio, uh, Keith Tinman, who worked on, he did a lot of the audio uh, that Joffa worked on. So these are the guys, and uh, or these are folks responsible for putting this one out. Uh, this is a one-player game. This originally released uh, on cassette for eight pounds or disc for fifteen pounds. I actually saw some people selling the uh, the wacky disc that this came mm, on, the micro drive, the micro drive mm -hmm. discs, uh, and. Uh, uh, was uh, you know that shows you the time it was released, where that stuff was even available to you know have a game on. Right. Uh, so, with all that said, what is this game? Uh, this is a game where it, there's a, there are certain facets to this game. Boat, uh, you pilot uh, a ship, and when you start the game, there's sort of I guess you would call it a, an overworld map or an overview of the galaxy or whatever. Uh, is that the best way to describe let, let, it? Yeah, let's let's give an, a quick overview about what this game is. Yeah, please. Okay, so this is an overhead shooter uh, that uh, in which you're trying to negotiate a path through a... It's not hex-based, it's square-based, but if you picture a hex-based map in your head and just make this a hex of squares, you can understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> you move from zone to zone. And it's a combination shooting, collecting, and luck-based game. Yes. I'm glad you said that. 
Uh, and it, you have to work your way from one side of this map to the other, mm -hmm. the overhead map. And to do that, you enter uh, a world of your choice. And when you go there and defeat the everything in that world, you have filled in that area and you can move to the next block towards the right. Well, what you have to do is you have to uh, you have to energize all of the... Uh, you have to go into... There are squares, yes. okay? And okay, imagine a square that pulsates and sends out bad guys and egg yolks. Okay. Egg yolks. Okay. <laughs> and so what you have to do is you have to avoid the bad things that get shot out of these squares and collect the egg yolks. Okay. When you collect four egg yolks from one of these points, you hover over the top of the square and then you get sent into a another screen in which you see a thumbs up and a thumbs down. Now, if you read the docs, they call these things all kinds of crazy sci-fi words. Yes. Okay. They really cover their tracks on right. this one. But what this is, is a thumbs up and a thumbs down. Yes. And the thumbs up and thumbs down alternate between the two choices, and you have to stop the. Oh, you have to stop it when the thumbs up is lit up. Okay. It's the old no whammy. It's routine. the old no whammy routine, yeah. right? And so, uh, as you traverse through each level, you have to energize, you have to make all of these things thumbs up, okay? And there's, there's four or five, depending on what stage you're in. And then once you do that, for all four of the things, you can move on to the next stage. Yes. Let's just, let's just cut to it. I, I didn't like that. I, I didn't like the thumb. There are several times this game, the thumbs up, thumbs down element is, is revealed, and I didn't like any of them mm -hmm. uh, because uh, it's it's not the hardest random baloney in the game. It's the second hardest, but it's still hard. And also, you have, if you don't get it, you have to go and do it again. It's right. a real pain in the butt. Right. Now, this game is interesting because as you fly around, you see all matter of mm -hmm. enemies that are they're just sort of floating in space, and these these enemies don't always. Uh, they don't always pursue you. They sort of go about their business in some cases, but sometimes they come after you. They're they're sort of they're very interestingly drawn. This game is a mostly monochrome game, the exception being your ship, which is a blue color and has a red flame shooting out of the back, a um, red and orange. The flame is probably the most colorful thing in the game. Yeah, um, and uh, and you're the sort of the gimmick in this is that you have a certain amount of shots that you can fire and as you uh, and your shots actually surround your ship in sort of a halo okay yeah. so if you can imagine like the ring around a planet or something you've got eight or nine shots that are constantly circling you and as you as you shoot your gun those shots disappear from your halo it's pretty it's, cool it's a neat effect yeah. it's I, I, it's totally pointless it's also it clutters this it clutters the cluttery yeah. by the way I was just looking here the egg yolks are called Zokas. Of course they are. Zokas boats. Yeah, That's yeah. why you, I couldn't remember either. <laughs> I had it written down. Listen, let, let, we'll cut to the chase here. This game has your ship in various uh, mazes or geometric shapes doing the job you're on getting these four collectors set up. Now, some of these areas aren't, are inaccessible, and so occasionally you have to use go into a teleporter. Then you go into another form of baloney. Mm-hmm. Which has the ship spin around a while, and you have to hit the button when a, when a certain color dots lit up. Right. So there, I think there's blue dots and there's purple dots. Yeah. And I think that you have to, uh, as your ship goes around, this is exactly like you might see at a carnival 
or a, a modern arcade where it's a redemption game yeah. where you're going around and around in a circle. Your ship is actually spinning like the Wheel of Fortune. Yes. And, uh, and you have to stop your ship. And the first time that you do it, it's pretty slow. And then it gets faster and faster. And your ship reverses direction around the wheel each time. Yes. And so that is... In, so basically to advance in this game, to move your way across the overworld, you have to be successful in negotiating what are essentially luck-based activities. Yeah. And this one is the, this one I found even much harder than the uh, thumb the, well the normal thumbs up or down. And it's and, and when you don't get it right, it just kicks you back out. And you mm -hmm. gotta wait, do it again. Uh, this game it's is a paradox for me. Or it's 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 a it's parts of it I think are really interesting. Listen, the ship looks good. The enemies look good. The maps and stuff are interesting. Uh, the overall goal is uh, it's an interesting way to do it. Okay. Uh, the the controls feel tight. Mm -hmm. Okay. On the flip side, there's so much crap on the screen. Some of it you want to collect. Some of it you got to avoid. Always coming out. Okay. And so that gets irritating. It's hard to differentiate what you're doing. And then to fight and fight and fight and be thwarted by something as simple as a thumbs up, thumbs down, or a hitting the wrong button on a on a color spin is irritating. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest here. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why you would put together an engine of this quality and then put those elements in the game. Is it just me? Well, let me tell you about what I like about this game and what I don't okay, like. Okay, please. Okay. This game probably has, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of this genre. I like an overhead shooter. I like a Sinistar. I like a, um, what's a, a time pilot? Yeah. Uh, what's the, the other, dra or Draconian? Yeah. Uh, what's the game that's actually based on Dragon Bosconian? I like all those games. Yeah. So I'm I'm conditioned to like this sort of game more than a side-scrolling shooter like a Blood Money or sure. something like that. So I was already in the mood to like this game, and what made me like it even more is that each one of these uh, stages are very inventive in the way that they're laid out. Uh, you see, uh, this is one of these games where the top two thirds of the screen. Is your is your your playing space in the bottom third of the screen? You have all of your gauges. Okay, so on the left side of the screen, you have something that I do not understand at all. It almost looks like a, a horizon checker, like if you were playing yeah. a first person game. It's pretty game. cool. I mean, it does stuff. Yeah, as you fly around, it moves, and I think that that's its purpose. It yeah. just looks cool. Okay, but then you have a uh, you have a shield detector. And you've got, uh, what's the other thing? I can't think of what the other thing is on the, there. The other thing? I don't know. You've got, you've got two gauges. I think one is your fuel and one is your shield. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then, in the middle of the screen, you have your radar. You have an overhead map of the stage. Yeah. So, this is what I love about this game is that you can't get lost. It's impossible yeah. to get lost because yes. you always know you see the flashing uh, squares on your overhead map, and that tells you where your energy points yeah. are. And the radar, yeah, the radar works great. Yeah, the radar is great. Yeah. Okay. And then on the right side of the screen, you have your score, and then you have four empty squares. And as you un or, and as you collect the egg yolks or whatever they're actually called, zookas. Uh, the zookas. Those four squares fill up, and that lets you know it's okay. You can go and you can land on this energy thing, and you can do the thumbs up, thumbs down right. game. Okay. I love everything about this. This game gives you exactly what information you need. It lays out the goal, even the overhead. It makes it very clear. You need to make it from the left side over to the right side in this special square. Yes. This game turns... The, the, this game... 
I don't think I've ever been as let down by a specy game as I have been on this because I like everything about this except for all of the luck-based stuff. Yeah. If they could patch out the luck-based stuff, this game would be one of the all-time classics. It's, it really would be. It seems lazy. Why mm. not have a little bo ba boss battle or something in this right, you do? Right, right. Or why not just let you turn the color when you've got enough yokes? I understand why you'd want to artificially increase the playtime, and that's this This definitely does that, because there are definitely times... I would teleporting. I would go, really I would go on streaks where I would be like, I think I've got this down. I would get yeah. it, get it, get it. But what it all, I mean, it's 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 a it's a coin flip. When you get to that the the next like because there's usually four. I think sometimes there's more, but on the opening stages at least, there's always four of these energy points. The first two are slow enough to where you can get it. You can get it. But the last two, I mean, it's literally a coin flip whether you get it or not. Yeah. I you know, I, I agree. I, I I think there's a little bit too much chasing you, but you're right. They're if they're going for sort of a sinister thing, that's exactly what Sinister had going. Mm -hmm. This is a, and also this is real close up. I wouldn't have been hurt if they would have pulled the camera back a little bit so you could see more of the screen. But I mean, it's not a deal. None of the stuff I've mentioned is a deal breaker, except for I just my hatred of the gimmick. Yeah. The thumbs up, and also there's that one you're going on the overhead map. Occasionally, as we're looking at it right now, you'll get to this thing where you have to a long streak of these thumbs up that they can screw you. Yep. You know, yep. you can and go all the way back and now. Now, what I will say is that uh, the game does allow you to retry these things, you know, more than once if you fail, but it does take your energy. Whenever you fail a thumbs up, thumbs down, it takes your energy. So you don't just get unlimited tries. Um, this is, it's it's a really tough thing for me to, to talk, you know, to, to give this game a ringing endorsement. I will say that I tried this on original Spectrum hardware. I got out the 48K. Oh, did you? I got out the Div MC yeah, feature and I yeah. plugged it into my CRT, the PAL CRT that I paid mega bucks for. And, and I fired this up just to see if I could do the thumbs up, thumbs down. But I wanted to eliminate any signs of lag yeah, that I could have. Didn't help. It didn't help at all. I didn't think it would. It didn't would. help at all. Um, I also tried the Commodore 64 version of this oh, game. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. I don't know if you have a port comparison. I do. Of that. I do actually. Uh, but uh, this game is one of the games that I believe you should. If you only can only play this on one platform, you should go for the C64 version for the exact reason that you mentioned. There is more color, which gives your enemies more definition. Things don't get lost in the shuffle as much. And I believe the screen is pulled back just a little bit more on the C64 version. It's a little bit easier to play. Uh, so if you can only choose one version, I would go for the C64 version. But, uh, you know, the, there's not mega, mega differences in the gameplay between. They, they run at the same speed. Uh, everything is, is pretty much the same. The same stupid elements are there. The same though. stupid so elements So that right there. there is no good. You know, it's, you know, I really, this baffles me because... It's on top. Let's pretend that they keep the thumbs up, thumbs down. The, just even the graphics on that screen look dumb. Yeah, yeah. And it makes me wonder, like, maybe they had something planned to go there, and they just did the space, they ran out of time, you know, because that sucks. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, you go through all this fighting and stuff. I mean, that's what, this is one of the most all-time baffling segments of a game we've ever played. Yeah. I'm say that with, with totally knowing what I mean. Right. Because we played a lot of games. But when you have a game that has the kind of quality that this does, 
and you get to that point, you're just like, what in God's name is this? Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. not to harp on and on about it, but it's a big deal. It's a big deal because it's clear that so much work went into every, I mean, from the level design to the graphics to the sound effects, everything is top notch on the Spectrum. I mean, this is a this is a late a later release for the Spectrum. People always get mad when we talk about 88 as being late in the game. Because, I mean, it really wasn't in the Spectrum's lifetime. There were people into the 90s that were still going hard at this. But, I mean, we definitely hit sort of the sweet spot in terms of where people were really figuring out how to make this hardware sing. Yeah. And so, this game comes so close to greatness. If they would have replaced those, like you said, with a boss battle, man, you'd really have something there. What I would have liked to have seen, you know, is take a game... In fact, it would take very little to change. Make this game almost like a cross between uh, Bosconian and that game for the Atari Dreadnought, mm-hmm. the, where you go into these huge mazes and you're going into a space station or something, and you're knocking out these power points to blow it up. Right. And then put a countdown up, and you've got to escape before the countdown runs out. There's your game. There's your game right there. That's and all that you have to do. And that would be so much more fun. In fact, you could do that. I mean, happy coding. Listen up. Okay, here's what I want you to do. for another one? That's right. All you'd have to do, take out the luck stuff. Just cut it out of the code. I'm sure it's easy. You just delete a couple lines. And then just put a timer on the screen and put an exit on the map. That's it. John Make it Schaller, happen. Listen, program. I know how easy it is to be a coder. <laughs> yeah, that's why, you're, that's why you're so renowned for your coding. That's skill, right. Folks. That's right. But, I mean, we just came out of the top of our head. Yeah. You know, yeah. And you got something. And you get rid of that. And something else that we talked about. How you can, on certain areas of the overworld screen, you can go to a point where you just get screwed. You go mm-hmm. all the way back. It's horrible, okay? Mm-hmm. The neat thing about the overworld screen is as you finish it, it looks at the path you took, because you choose your own path, and you get scoring, bonus scoring, based on that path, which right. is cool. I like that, too. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot to like here. I think this looks better. It looks better to me than the C64 version. It may not play as well, but it looks nice. It's crisp. The, the gimmick with the satellites, the, the shots that rotate around your ship, is cool. Yeah. It's super cool. It's, it doesn't need to be there, but it's cool. It's cool. And I like stuff that doesn't mean need to be yeah. there, but just looks and cool. And the fact I'm that you've got that. a game that has a, a great radar. How many games have we played that the radar is butt? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot. Right. Most of them. This one has top shelf radar. Mm-hmm. It's got extra baloney at the bottom you don't even need. Plus, it's got all the stuff going on. I mean, clearly, Jaffa's a genius, yeah. super genius. Yeah. If only I would, I would have foregone the balls. I would have foregone the interesting doodad in the corner just to make the other parts less lame. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Um, I did look up a few uh, uh, integral parts of this to see how, in terms of the how it how it did uh, the. Uh, Crash uh, eight, March of 88 gave this a 92% boat. They loved it. Yeah, what's well, it? Art Sinclair, 9 out of 10. The Games Machine, uh, 9 out of 10 uh, as well. It was a Crash Smash uh, as well. It was a Your Sinclair Mega Game, and it was a Sinclair User Classic. So it swept the board, uh, boat, in terms of uh, in terms of its uh, reception. Did we get any hot, hot Discord action on this one? <laughs> yes. I figured we might. We're going to start things off with the boss man. Oh, dear. Paul Harrington. Mm. He says, My retro gaming time is restricted to playing on the RG351 whilst a baby sleeps on me. You know, Paul's a Paul's a baby daddy. I understand. Well All done, right. Paul, yes. Uh, he says, Firefly lasted about 60 seconds. <laughs> I didn't like the way the ship maneuvered. It was hard to tell what was or wasn't an enemy, and I sucked at the weird rotating memory uh, minigame. Not a game for me. And he says, After reading all the other glowing reviews, I decided to give it another chance. Still nope. 
Horses for Courses. Tin Pot Gamer writes, Firefly has been one of my favorite Spectrum games since I first played it in 1991. Presentation is great with two rocking tunes on the title screen, but sadly, yeah. no 128K in-game music. High-res graphics, some showy flourishes like particle explosions and the ammo circling the Firefly, and thankfully, a clear mini-map all contribute to a good-looking game. The action runs quickly and smoothly, but can get tough to navigate on certain maps with tight, crowded corridors which end up being brutal on the higher levels. Note, display lag under emulation can make timing the rotating minigames tougher than on real hardware with a CRT. A thoughtful space shooter that's highly challenging but still possible to beat 9 out of 10. Oh wow, glowing. That's right. Will Brooker writes, Firefly was released too late for me to have played it on its release, so this was my first encounter with the game decades later. After a few evenings, I've been astonished by how much I'm enjoying it. Usually Spectrum games come loaded with nostalgia for me, but I was seeing this fresh and cold without rose tin on goggles, and it brings back some of the magic of playing in my bedroom in the mid-80s. On a technical level, it's extremely accomplished with a slick front end and groovy theme tune, very neat navigational maps, rewarding warps and teleports and graphics that manage to be hectic, clean, and colorful with minimal clash. I particularly like the flames boosting from the back of your cute cyan ship and the magenta pulse of the engine in the center of the craft. The soundcraft is similarly manic but also works well. You soon recognize the spot effect that signals when your ship has collected enough yokas to enter the energy point, so you don't need to check the display. Stylistically, Firefly confirms the long-term influence of Ultimate. This could also be a fourth Jetman adventure, with minigame aspects that reminded me of Cosmic Wart Toad. Frankly, <laughs> <laughs> Wow, me too! Frankie, Frankie goes to Hollywood and Robocop. But what I liked most was the sense of immersion in a fun, fantasy, science fiction universe where you learn the rules as you go along. The HUD has no labels, so you have to work it out yourself, along with how to operate a teleport and navigate the map. Frustrating but addictive in the best tradition of the ZX Spectrum, and to quote from Blade Runner, reaction time is a factor in this, so please pay attention. Well, there you go. J Jed Byrne writes, There is something very unspectrum-like about this game. There's lots of sound, and the chrome and central sprite make it feel colorful, especially the engine flare. With the smooth scrolling in minigames, it feels like an Andrew Braybook game. A cross between Paradroid and Uridium. The presentation is slick and the level designs varied. The randomized game grid stops replays from getting repetitive and continued play reveals new depths. Unfortunately, the game falls short of perfection because of a lack of balance. The minigames are more luck than skill, and the different power-ups are too inconsistent to be useful. It can be frustrating to clear three energy points with shields intact only to die because of a streak of bad luck on the teleporter. It wouldn't be so bad if you could do something to recharge your shields, but there is no reliable way to earn the energy drops. These things could so easily be fixed. A great game with potential to be even better, 9 out of 10. Steve writes, At first glance, Firefly looks a little like the C64 classic Hunter's Moon from 87. It does have similar mechanics, but more frantic in gameplay. The graphics are nice, and the small amounts of color on the player's ship help enhance the otherwise monochrome play area. The increasing speed of the minigames makes success dependent more on luck than skill. Perhaps the old standby of making a game overly difficult is a route to longevity, but limits the fun or increases the frustration. This came out after I'd moved on from the Speccy, but had it been a few years earlier, I'm sure I would have enjoyed it more than today. 7 out of 10. 
Jigglebox writes, Wow, this game was long after my Spectrum years and it shows how well developers were able to maximize its capabilities. Great music and sound effects, whizzy graphics and physics, and pretty good gameplay. I think like others, the luck factor is a bit of a flaw. Is it luck? Or perhaps you need to use the force. I certainly found I was overthinking the timing of the button press element. Sometimes better to close your eyes, relax, and go with the flow. A good game, but in the world of pick up and play for a short time, it's just too much to cope with. 8 out of 10. Z9K9 writes, It repeatedly drew me back in with style and graceful movement. The visual effect of your encircling bullet stock adds greatly to the flowing sensation. But this smooth trucking jars with the tense, jittery precision re required by the coin flip and roulette wheel subgames. Recalling their origins in gambling, it's almost a knowing exploration of the role of luck in games. As the subgames get faster, <laughs> they veer further and further into the uncomfortable zone of outcomes. But perhaps the most irritating randomness is the inconsistent emittance of the yokas from the energy points. Late in the game, being whittled down by hordes of bullet spam while you helplessly loiter around the increasingly stingy energy points that refuse to cough up the resources you need to enter them, games tend to, enter, to end on a sour note. I was rarely motivated to jump back into the same level immediately after dying, a sign I didn't feel like it was my fault. There's no strategic way around any of this stuff. You can't see a level before entering it from the grid, so an opportunity to make meaningful choices was lost there and using the blue arrow squares to rearrange the grid couldn't have been a deliberate way to build yourself a safer path, but despite looking like another timing subgame with the stopping order, therefore outcome is truly random. All is luck. 5 out of 10. And finally, wow, not finally, Pajaco writes, <laughs> I tried to get into this one and played it for a few times, and while it runs smoothly, looks great, and has that classic specky sound, hearing folks raving about it on the Game of the Month chat, I was quite intrigued, but I just couldn't get into it. I found the constant onslaught of enemies in the luck elements of the skill games a little too irritating. I was trying to figure out what was going on in the game and actually had a look at the instructions. To say they are vague is an understatement. Yes. So sadly, this one isn't for me, but I think a lot of other folks might really enjoy this one. Six out of ten. And finally, Paul, a.k.a. Hermski, writes, Intrusion alert! A Herm firm, happy 40th to the Spectrum community. Let's keep it alive for many more years to come. <laughs> so... A review, this was a review magnet, Aaron. This has got to be the most we've ever gotten from one game on any of our shows. I mean, that yeah. was a lot of reviews. Listen, it's a game, it's easy to jump into. There's a lot of good things to say about it. It is what it is. I did I did look this up on the eBay. Mm. I was surprised, uh, Boat. The, uh, I saw the tape sell for 27 bucks. I was surprised. And yeah. I saw the discs. People were wanting ludicrous money. Uh, I, I, I found a disc uh, complete in box sold for fifty three bucks. Okay. I saw one guy be begging you to buy it for one ninety five. Mm. It's a U.S. dollar, so that not pound. Uh, big money. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. If, I, don't, I have to look see if we've got this one in our collection. I, I have. We've got so many tapes brought everywhere. I have to go look. Yeah, I don't know. I've got them all uh, cataloged, but I don't know. We've got. In fact, we're currently. I'm currently looking on how to display these things. But uh, yeah, this is one. That's worth your look, but know what you're getting into because you're going to get to some points with that where you get aggravated. That's right. I guess the right. most I can say about it, Boaster. Well, Aaron, we're going to leave Firefly behind. It's time to bid a fond farewell. Uh, listeners, we want to hear your feedback, obviously. Just listen to those reviews. Yeah. 
Thank um, you, by the way, for all that interest. Please leave us uh, leave us a comment on YouTube. If you could leave us a review on iTunes. We did get an iTunes review this weekend. Beautiful. What we got? Uh, this comes to us from K- K-H-I-S-A-N-T-H. No idea how to say that. Via Apple Podcasts over in Great Britain. Mm-hmm. He says, as a Brit, it's great to get different perspectives on things like the Sinclair Spectrum. Love these guys' enthusiasm, knowledge, and views. They do their research, which really helps. Big thumbs up. So, thank you. And if you haven't reviewed us on iTunes or on Apple Podcasts, uh, if you could take two seconds and do that, that really helps kind of push us up through the, uh, the the rankings there. And it helps more people find out about R. Sinclair, so we'd appreciate it. Tune us up, brother. That's right. Um, we do release this show in both audio podcast and video form on our Amigos Retro Gaming YouTube channel. So feel free to uh, look at us if you want to look at us rather than just listen to us. <laughs> it's an interesting way to put that boat. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, we do this show monthly, but if we can get to $200 a month of Patreon support, we will turn this bad boy into a weekly show. So if you're interested in helping make that happen, go on over to patreon.com slash Sinclair. We're inching ever closer week by week. Uh, and that leads us to our R. Sinclair supporter roll call, Aaron. We want to thank Wanderly Chesham, Chartel, Jigglebox, David Terrace, Andrew Waite, Eric Nelson, Captain Crispy, Laurent Giroux, Mark Downey, Peter Mulholland, Chris Folds, Mark Durham, Mitsuyama, and Pixels at Dawn. Thank you so much. In addition to Clive's Club for supporting our Sinclair. Thank y'all. If you like our format and you want to hear more, feel free and check out our other shows. We've got Amigos, Everything Amiga. Uh, we've got the Coco Show. We've got uh, a show all about the Atari ST, 1200XL, and Atari 8-Bit Show. And of course, the best show on the network, according to more than one YouTube commenter. Yeah. ARG presents where Aaron and the Brent spin the wheel and make the deal. I'm sure every remote, week. They're mostly talking about me. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. I mean, and I think how good it'd be if I had to drag Brent around like a chain around my back. That's yeah. true. You'd be free. That's true. Aaron, what are we going to play next time on Ars Sinclair? Um, well, let's take a look, vote. Bam. It's Spy Hunter. That's a Spy Hunter theme. <laughs> spy hack. You didn't recognize you, that Well, theme? it's funny, Aaron. We're playing the Spy Hunter theme in the Winfield Middle School Jazz Band right now. There you now. go. So, uh, this is a classic, a stone-cold classic. I can't wait to see how the Spectrum port stacks up against the arcade original. Absolutely. That'll be fun. All right. It's time to get on on it. Make sure that you, if you're a member of our Discord community, play the game. Leave us another review. We love those reviews, guys. Keep those reviews coming. We'll read it on the air next time. Thank you guys so much. And rewind tape and press play.